Okay, now we're recording. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. This is episode 203, I believe, and um, my glasses are fogging up. And I, I have one of my favorite people, Jason Craig, and I may say that a lot, but like I, I really mean it when I say it, but Jason, there is something about Jason that I just um, connect with and I really admire him and he is one of my favorite people on the planet. So I always learn lots. He's, I think he's really humble. So I wore my Tinland Studios Stay Humble shirt today for that reason. And um, But he's, he's such a good mentor as well as um, he's funny. And so he doesn't take himself too seriously, which I think is another one of his wonderful character traits. All right. So Jason, thank you for coming and being here. Thanks. We might want to just stop now because I don't think I can do anything to screw it up with after that. <laughs> oh, whatever. You're going to do great. It's going to be terrific. So I'm, some people may not know you, so um, mm -hmm. give us a little bit of your background. And um, you've recently, about a year ago, started your own kind of freelance. You went full-time kind of doing it on your own, right? Yeah. So just real fast, like history. I grew up in the Midwest, moved to the South, um, had some cool jobs along the way, had some crappy jobs along the way. Uh, and a few years ago, I kind of got more interested in design and, and decided that I needed to put myself out there a little bit more. Uh, mainly whenever my bosses became younger than me, I decided I needed to maybe get my name out there a little bit. And so um, I worked at an agency for about six and a half years. And uh, right at a year ago, I've been, I've been gone from the agency. Uh, and so I've been, I've had kind of an unusual past year uh, professionally. Um, so what I did is I, 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 I'm not necessarily a freelancer because um, I mean, nothing, nothing against freelancers. I love freelancers. I, I hire freelancers all the time. Um, but what I did is I kind of took a job that pays a little bit less, but I, I work less hours. So I work for an art and music festival called Westaboo. And I don't, necessarily need to be there 40 hours a week and so that frees me up to do a lot of other things and I mean I could go fishing you know I mean I, I don't have to do other things I could go you know I could become a I could work in the yard I could do a lot of things um, but what I've chosen to do is uh, I built this office uh, so I, I do design work here and then I started renting a, a space with some other artists that we screen print and so I've got basically three different desks throughout the week that I go to. Um, and it's all, it's Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 5.30. I'm not, I'm not doing this stuff till midnight, you know. So I'm doing it during, you know, a work day. And so that's what I've been doing for the past year. And it's been pretty cool so far. So there was this opportunity for you to, they actually offered you full time. Mm-hmm. And you said, hey, I think I can do what you need in half the time. Um, kind of tell them about that. Because I feel like to, for a lot well, of people to kind of go out on their own, it gives them that freedom. But having that one client that's going to yeah, take up yeah. a lot of your pay is, is right. helpful. Well, that was the, my original plan was to, if I had to work on my own, um, that I would, the, the original plan was I would find a, a big retainer for client. They would, they would make up half of my salary and that retainer client would be, you know, I would do 
everything, you know, not just the, the cool stuff, but I would do the email blasts and I would do business cards and, and the social media and, and all the stuff that most of us really do. And then the other half would be up to me to make find cool stuff, you know? Uh, and so right as I was leaving the agency, um, Westaboo, I got a text and they're like, we just sent you an offer. And I looked at it and I just, I didn't even like, I just like, yes, I want to do this. Uh, it, it filled so many needs for me, not just the work wise, but you know, I love being in downtown Augusta and our office was right in the middle of downtown. And so, you know, I was afraid that I was going to have to, you know, I didn't know where I was going to work, you know, you know? Um, and so uh, this kept me downtown, you know, they, they created a position for me. And so I'm, I'm right across the street from where I was, which I really enjoy that, you know? Um, but the thing was, is that, is that going from 150 clients to one client, um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like in space balls, whenever they go from ludicrous <laughs> speed to stop, you know, right. and he just, he just slams into the wall, you know, and I knew that, that there's no way that I could just, you know, that I could do that 40 hours a week and then do what I want to do outside of there to make up for all the stimulus that like I got from having all those clients, you know? So, you know, when you work at an agency, you have a lot of different clients and at any time you're working on a few of them, but they all take up some kind of space in your head. Right. You know, and so you're always thinking about stuff for somebody. And so you're always just kind of the mills always running. Well, then whenever you get down to one client, it's like, you know, you got a budget and, and, and all this and you can only think of so many things. Plus, we're a nonprofit. And so it's not like the sky is the limit. Like I've got an amount of money that I can spend. And once it's spent, you know, then we kind of have to wait for the next relevant project. Right. You know. So it's, it's different, but it's, but it's a lot of fun. I have a great team that I work with at Westaboo. So one of the things, so you came from this, like part of your history is that you just wanted a job in design doing something. You got a job and you would make like 150 business cards a day, pretty yeah. much like, right? So yeah. you went from that. So being able to juggle a lot of things was something you were good at, but mm -hmm. you also weren't willing. You thought maybe you would be bored with just one client, possibly. Yes. Or not yeah. stimulated enough. Right. Well, you know, it went back to uh, before, you know, I had an opportunity to go work for a couple other companies before I went to, to uh, where Stuart and, uh, you know, just went it out being an in-house designer for anybody. I think that I would get bored, you know? And, and so, you know, like somebody, a, a guy I'd, I'd talked to where I got this job, he's like, well, I'm an in-house designer for target. And I was like, yeah, but you know, you make ads for bleach and mops and, and furniture. And I was like, I'm going to be making, posters for a music festival, you know? So it's, it's a lot different, you know, it's, it's fun, but it's like, I want to do that 365 days a year and, and, and Westaboo, you know, while it's a lot, it's, it's a five day festival. And then we have art shows and, and all that stuff, but a lot of that just goes to support those things. And so, you know, I want to make posters every week, you know, and I want to make logos and design publications and, and do a lot more than just that. So then you create the studio. Did you do an LLC or did you do? I'm, so right now I'm going to have to figure I, my taxes are all screwed up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this will be the first year that I'm going to, I'm going to be figuring all that out. Uh, because last year I, I just kind of, I thought everything would be okay, you know, and, and I just kind of screwed it up really bad. So, yeah. um, when I get all that figured out, I'll come out with a completely different talk for everybody to tell them how to, 
uh, that'd be good because that's usually yeah. not something we're great at. But like, no. you so you have to figure out what's right for you, and you have to figure out if you're doing monthly taxes or quarterly taxes right. or whatever. Right. But one of the other things that me and you talked about the other day was, hey, Matt Dawson, did you see your koozie? It was just on the the screen. Um, the I usually use it, but I can't. It's over there on my, but mine got the black one. Anyway, um, the one thing I thought was really interesting is that you were like, Hey, I'm going to do a bunch of different things. And then mm -hmm. you were like, Hey, I, how did you like that? How did you like? So, yourself out? well, whenever I first started doing it, uh, when I first, you know, was kind of let loose, it was really cool because now I could, a lot of things changed, you know? Um, uh, so, well, one is that, is that I could now work for any local client that I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no worry about any kind of conflict or stepping on toes or anything like that. Uh, but the other thing, the unexpected side of it was because I didn't work for an agency. Now, all of a sudden, all these agencies uh, talk to me and I get invited to their Christmas parties and, and I got to go to all these lunches and stuff. And so um, that opened up a lot of opportunities for different kinds of work, you know, and, and that's really cool because a lot of times they seek me out for the, for the work that I that they know me for doing mm -hmm. and not just to have a warm body doing some work, you know? So if somebody calls me, it's because they want a specific thing and that's what we all want. We all want to be doing the thing that we like to do. And so um, it's cool to have an agency call and be like, Hey, we're, we're rebranding this bar or somebody's opened up a restaurant and we love what you did for these people. And can you do this for them? And I'm like, yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, and, and, and so that's cool because it just opens up a lot of possibilities that are here in town. And so, you know, I like to drive around and see stuff that I did, you know, as humble as I might be, I don't, I don't like to have to do stuff for people a million miles away that I never see, you know? And so, um, it, it, it's working out really well, but in the, but whenever the, what happened was, is at the first section, like the first probably quarter of this experience for me, I had a lot of people, you know, I, I, I built this, this little process based on like all the things that I thought were wrong with an agency model and, and things that we could do better. And I started doing that and I found out really fast. I didn't like it very much to, to do this process. And so um, I backed off of it really hard. And then I, we had the festival for West Cebu, And so that kind of dominated a lot of my time. And then coming out of there, like I had scheduled all my clients that I had to, to, you know, where I didn't have a lot of extra work with the festival. Well, then whenever I came off the backside of the festival, then it was like, I have no work to do. And for the first time in years, I had literally nothing on my plate. And it kind of felt good. And, uh, and so I just didn't do anything for a couple weeks, maybe a month. Um, and it gave me a lot of time to kind of think and get a good hard reset. You know, because now I understood what my job at West was about, having done mm -hmm. the festival. And I really did have an opportunity to push forward with, with really a clean slate and like a, an actual like understanding of what it was. And so I kind of decided that um, what I would do uh, is I just wanted to do fun work. I just want to do cool work, right? <laughs> just, like, just like all of us. I just wanted to do the cool stuff. Well... There's this thing that I call the 5K flaw, 
And what it is, is it's, it's, it's when your buddy comes in and he's doing a 5k and he says, I need you to make me a logo and t-shirts for my 5k. And you tell him that you can't do it because he doesn't have enough money. His deadline is too short or whatever. Right. And so what happens is, is he has some other guy do it. And then next Saturday, the 5k runs past your door and it looks like crap. So that's what I call the 5K flaw. So what I did is I, I kind of started this little network of other designers that are here, not all over. Sorry, everybody in the world. <laughs> People in Augusta that I could see. And uh, I've got like five of them. And what I do is whenever that stuff happens, whenever it's something that maybe I don't want to do or can't do, I just I send a message out to all of them and I say, you know, I will art direct this. I'll look at what you've got. I'll, I'll get an understanding from the client because I've got an understanding because, you know, I'm not going to say it tell somebody no without understanding the job. And so I'll work with them and, and get this stuff done. So at the end, the guy will say, you know, yeah, Jason didn't do my 5K thing. However, he didn't just push me right back out the door. He found somebody to do it for me. He guided them through it and, and everything worked out great. And so that's what I've been doing now. So and I've been doing it a lot because, I mean, uh, I've had quite a few things that I just I keep passing on to other people so that I can do the stuff that I want to do. And so now I'm getting to do more posters and I'm getting to do more um, all kinds of stuff. And even like identities, I'm, I'm, I'm passing those off. You know, I'm not really too fond of doing identities these days. So um, it's been working. So then you're, you've been able to not only give other people work, which maybe it's really mm -hmm. too low budget, or maybe it's somebody who really does need exposure, or they just need somebody else to believe in them um, and their abilities. Because a lot of times with something like that, there's a little bit more creative freedom because there is no budget and it's a really tight time frame. So a lot of times, or at least that's what I've, because I know I've been asked to do yeah. some of those things as well. Well, that, that's part of it. I mean, really, it's just I just want to be able to do I, I want to put the kind of work out there that I want to do more of. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that that's it's, it's really a quality thing. I mean, even if, you know, it, it's not necessarily about money. But, you know, that's the thing, though, is it's like there was five years ago or 10 years ago, somebody would have called me and said, you know, can you do this logo for 500 bucks? I'd have, I'd have felt like an angel had just you know, walk through my door. And so I, it does help, help out, you know, um, um, I, I can't read those comments while I talk. I know. There's so no Zach way. just said, I want to put out ki the kind of work Jason wants to do more of. And instead <laughs> of like, what would Jesus do? It's what would Jason Craig do? WWJCD. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, but that's the thing is that, is that, is that I still want to be able to be accessible. And so, you know, I'm not just turning people away. I'm not saying, sorry, I don't do that. Sorry, I don't do a commercial, you know, real estate identity or whatever it is, you know, I still help them out, you know, but, but also, go ahead. Well, it's like, it's like, uh, so like just in the last week I had a thing that was a really tight deadline and, there's no way I could get that done and this other stuff. You know, I wanted to design this poster for this AIGA thing and there's no way I, one of them would have to suffer, mm -hmm. you know? And so I passed it on to somebody else and he got it. He got that side of it done. I got my thing done and the, everybody was happy, you know, and, and it worked out really well, you know, plus the thing as I'm building this network of people, you know, it's just when I am in a binder, I just need somebody else to look at something, you know, I've got, people right there that can, that can tell me if something sucks or not, you know, and that's, that's always nice to have. 
But it's also, that's a way to scale a business in, in the future is building that network of people yeah. who, and also those people now realize the business people realize that they can come to you and you can get things done or you can find somebody. But then the other people who are kind of struggling and they feel like that $500 gig that would have, that, that really would be a miracle to them is now something that if they have a good relationship with you, then they're going to be able to, and, and do the work. I mean, you have to be able to deliver, um, but that you have these opportunities and you're, you're able to see kind of people's strengths. Right. Right. And and that's the cool thing is that like everybody is a little bit different, you know, a couple of them are designers. So uh, one of them is an art director. And now I've found that I need to find a, um, a proofreader that I can oh. send stuff and, and pay them by the word to proofread stuff. So, um, which I've, you know, I've never had to really proofread anything and, and I've, I'm, I need that bad. So, um, well, I might can help you yeah. out with that. Cause I know some people, Maybe. but they if won't be in Augusta. If I yeah. I got to find somebody in Augusta. I'm a homer. <laughs> so I got to find somebody around Well, there. I do have a cousin that lives there. So maybe she knows somebody she's like in nursing. So she's really smart. So maybe she knows some people. Um, all right. So let, let me go back to question number two, which is a new question I've added in. I know I never asked you this. Um, what would you tell your younger self to do differently if you could go back in time? And if you were going to tell yourself to do something differently, what age like would you go back to? Um, I'd tell myself to become a mechanic. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that I got lucky that I was so stubborn, you know, um, because I, I think that the I had a lot of roadblocks and, but the thing was, is I always looked at what I do just as a job. You know, I just punched the clock for a lot of years for all the years that I was just, you know, that I was learning things and, and getting better at it. You know, I didn't look at it as I'm going to be the next designer for Nike. I just looked at it as, you know, I could have been a, a mailman or a fireman or a designer, you know? And so um, I didn't know about these conferences and I didn't know about, I don't even know this is called a podcast or blogcast or video. <laughs> I'm calling it a, po a podcast from now on. A pod well, it's not a podcast. I know. Um, and so, uh, you know, I didn't know about all this stuff. And I think that that's a good thing that I didn't know about it because it, it made me um, stick with it. You know, I think that now you can get unrealistic expectations if you're, if you're young and or just out of school and it is perceived that, you know, people are doing so well at this that, and, and you don't feel like you are, you know, when in reality, you know, we all make business cards. We all make email blasts. We all make PowerPoint presentations. We'd all make, I mean, people have entire jobs that never make anything that's, that's even consumer facing, you know, and, and it's a whole industry, you know, and so there's 700 of us that get together and pat each other on the back, but there's an entire industry of people that, that don't even know about, any of this, you know, they just go to work and do their job, you know, I mean, go to a sign shop and you'll find three of them and they're really fast, you know? And so, but um, I feel like I was like that in the beginning, like I knew about AIGA and I went to some how conferences, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a creative South kind of um, crop kind of feel. Um, it was more of, um, I would go in, I would do my job and granted I worked more than 40 hours a week, but when, it came the weekend and I was snowboarding and that's right. what I was doing. And so it was kind of like if I had a day off, I would go, you know, to Keystone on Thursday or something, you know, just to, and I, I, 
I wasn't as passionate about design then. So I think it's something you kind of mature into and grow into. Granted, I have some students who are super passionate right now. At, and I'm like, man, what could I have done with that? So would you, what would you have told yourself or would you have? Well, I think that, I think that one of the mistakes that I did make is that I kind of looked at my illustration and art career separate from design and, and the two never really intermingled until a lot later on. And I think that uh, I would have told myself that it was okay for that stuff to, to come through in design. Um, I think that, that I probably could have done a lot of cool projects over the years had I felt like, like it was okay for me to draw a picture and put it in an ad as opposed to, you know, making, I, you know, I was, I was concerned with like making everything kind of toneless and make it look like anybody could have done it, you know, cause that was the correct. And so I think that maybe, but I, that might be bad advice. I don't know. You know, I think that I, like I said, I think I got lucky that I was, so hard-headed and, and kind of looked at it as a job it can be a, it can be a benefit for sure so what was something that you learned early on that really impacted the way you are your own boss like it could be something that was a boss did to you or a, a co-worker or something on your own um let's see I think that I, th I had a few bosses that were kind of absentee bosses that, that <laughs> over the years that, that just kind of, it was like, a, I was like a set it and forget it type person, you know? And so they would, you know, I had bosses that I only see once every couple of weeks. And so I kind of just learned to, to figure stuff out and then not, you know, bring up every single problem, you know, for somebody else to solve. And so a lot of stuff that I would figure out when it came down to it, you know, I would solve problems or make decisions quick. And uh, I think that that, that helped a lot, you know? Um, you know, that, I think, you know, having bosses that, that, that kind of left me to it. Well, you may have made, you may have made mistakes, but you were okay owning up to them and you learned from them and you didn't make oh, them yeah. again, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You got to make mistakes. That's how you grow. But that's you know? what decision making is, right? Like oh, you yeah, make yeah. a mistake. Yeah. And... I would rather. Uh, yeah. So I will make, I will make thousands of decisions on the spot, whether I have the authority to or not, I'll just make a decision. And my, you know, the thing is, is that by the time most of those mistakes, if, if, if you're making decisions that fast, if the mistakes are so far behind you that you can fix them, you know, if you're only making two decisions a year, there's a lot of pressure. You know, if you're making, a, <laughs> if you're making a thousand decisions in a week, you know, if you get half of them right, you're doing pretty good. So did you ever have a mentor? Like when? Um... So, you know, I, I've never had, you know, a, a, a single person that's my mentor, you know, and that's one of those things that I always kind of struggled with because I've seen other people that, that have like, you know, they got like their Yoda. Um, <laughs> and so I always felt like I was kind of lacking something in that, you know, um, and I always wanted a mentor, but I never did find one. And so, um, what I've come to realize is that is that um, I benefit a lot from peer mentorship. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of everybody has something to offer, you know, and whether they're older than you or younger than you, you know. And so I, I try to learn things from people as as, you know, every chance that I can. And, you know, interns that have worked with me, I learn from them, you know, bosses, you know, Alex that I worked with, you know, the first couple of weeks that I worked with him it was incredible because he was such a positive force, you know, and I'd just come from a newspaper that was kind of 
on its way down and everybody just had the worst attitudes. And so uh, it was just such a shock. And I was like, wow, this guy is so positive, you know, and, and I want to be like that, you know? And so I like to try to identify things in people that I can, I can learn from and, and kind of make myself better. Uh, so I'm always looking, you know, I spent a year talking to Scotty, you know, on the phone and, and over, over the video thing. And, uh, I don't, you know, over the <laughs> FaceTime, Skype there you or go, wet, Skype or whatever, or was, or whatever right. it was, you know, and, and learned so much from him and, and watching him grow and, and just kind of working together. Um, and then seeing him, you know, speak and all that, it was, it was really awesome, you know, just, just to have that. And so, um, so yeah, you know, I, I think that peer mentorship is, if, if that's the right term for it, I think it is, uh, you know. That, that I benefit a lot from that. Well, and I feel like a lot of times people who had a mentor, they want to mentor. Um, right. But maybe this, because I really do think that you do a lot of things in within our industry uh, within also your local community that mm-hmm. are mentor, like how do those things give back to you? And why would you tell somebody to do something like that, to give up some of their time? Uh, it's, it's, it's the best thing that you can do. I mean, you know, uh, it, 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 there's no, you got to do it without it really expecting anything back because you're going to get so much back from it. And I don't want to sound corny, but you know, just, you know, helping people and teaching them, you know, it, it, the feeling whenever you see somebody that, that has like, that, that can do it now, you know, where it's, it's one thing if you've got to like hold somebody's hand and try to get them to do something over and over, but whenever you actually teach somebody something and then they can do it, not only does it, does it feel great to see that, but it frees you up because now you don't have to do that anymore, you know? And so the more people that I can teach to do what I know, then I can learn more things, you know? So if you're a ditch digger and you're digging ditches all day, until you teach somebody else how to dig that ditch for you, you're going to be digging ditches forever, you know? And so it's only your benefit to teach other people the things that, you know, I didn't always have that mentality used to, I hoarded everything. And if I thought that you wanted my job or to know what I know, I would cut your head right off. When did this change? It it changed, uh, probably it kind of started to change, um, just on its own organically. Um, probably about, Oh, 10 years ago, maybe. Um, and it was just a kind of a slow change. And then all these millennial folks hit the workforce and their mindset is just they're on the other side of a line than non-millennials you know their 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 way of thinking is so different and so um the first millennial that i really had to work with was forced to work with was russ pate and um and if you know that guy yeah yeah who doesn't love russ uh and so um you know, his mindset was just so opposite because he's like, he's like a sponge, you know, he's like, I want to know this. I want to do this. I want to do this. He's like a hyper. He's like a chihuahua. You know, he constantly wanted to do this and that. And I'm like, Oh my God, no, you know, don't just settle down. You know, I was trying to like settle him down. But then I realized that, you know, there's something to that, you know, there is something to community, you know, and there is something to, you know, all the things that, that you can do. You know, I don't think that I'm going to be sitting in a, in a shared workspace with a bunch of folks, you know, trading fonts and stuff. But, you know, I do a creative round table on first Fridays that anybody can come to, you know, we just sit around and drink coffee and talk about stuff. And, and, and there's a lot of people that benefit from that. 
Um, you know, and so I'm trying to adapt some of those things that, that relate to people in general, you know, and it's based on a lot of the millennial mindset of kind of, it's almost like hippie-ish to me because it's such community thing and everybody loves everybody and we can all go to these conferences and, you know, I mean, 15 years ago, if I knew there was a conference with full of designers, I'd have went and chained the door shut so that, you know, that's less people that can take my job ever, you know. <laughs> so, but now, you know, I love talking to people. I love, I love, you it's, know, trading skills. I love, you know, showing people the big secrets behind what we do. You know, I mean, that's the thing too, is used to, we didn't all have the same equipment. You know, you couldn't go to Best Buy and just buy a computer. You had to work for somebody that had a computer and, and, you know, now we're no different than, you know, the plumbers all go to Home Depot and buy the same pipe. You know, we all go to the same right. font foundry. We all go to the same, you know, software. And, and so it really, it's, it's, what it's done is it's turned it back into a people thing. You know, you're not just going to work and doing the job correct. You know, what I do is different than you more than ever because we're using the exact same stuff. Right. You know? And so now my experience is more important. My knowledge is more important. And, you know, just the, the, the path from my brain to my hand is, is much more important now because it's an equal playing field. Right. For sure. The good wisdom. So um, I want to talk a little bit more. So one of the things you do, so community, the first round table, Dan says he's going to be coming down if you're not going to hate on people from Columbia. So he said he wants to do that. Oh, no, no, no. I love Columbia. He wants to um, be on that. So, but like you also do stuff with high school people. So one thing I totally agree with you, I learn from my students all the time. They're all way younger than me, 20 years younger than me, some 22 years younger than me. Um, but there's, but there is a, there's something about learning from no matter who, how old. So if I go to something at church and there are these lady, the ladies that are 80, and then it's me, I feel like, man, they've got a lot of wisdom because of perspective, right? It's what right. your experience is. Um, and I do think that there's a lot you can learn. But you even reach out to high schoolers, and I feel like there must be some reason why, um, instead of just reaching out to people who are in college or who are at that next level, why go back to a high school or, or to a college locally and try to give back? Um, you know, I... I, it just seems like it's what it just seems like the right thing to do. I mean, that's you the wish thing. somebody it, had done that for you. Oh, I had none of that. I had none of that. I grew up in, I grew up in, in the middle of a farm, you know, in farmland in, in central Illinois. And, and there was no other designer artist, nothing, you know, the, an artist was like, somebody had a cousin, you know, I was like, Oh, I think, I think my aunt's husband has a cousin in California. That's an artist. And that was as close as you got, right. you know? And so, um, that was not like being doing what I do was not something that growing up I could I could be like oh this one I didn't even know what a graphic designer was I didn't even. you know I didn't know what it was I think that I've, I've been trying to trace it back and I think whenever I moved here they had an ad for a, a graphic designer in the help ones and that's whenever I said oh yeah I'm a graphic designer <laughs> you know uh, but up until then I just knew that I wasn't gonna make a lot of money painting you know and so um, but yeah I grew up with with not a lot of support and you know you know, my family supported me and, and, you know, I'd draw a picture and they'd put it on the refrigerator like anybody else, you know, and I got the art award in high school and all that stuff, but, but there was no real vehicle for me to thrive, 
you know, I mean, no matter what, I would have been not doing this, you know, I would have been, I've been doing this as a hobby, you know, and not understanding the scope of what I could possibly be doing. So it was vital for me to move away. You know, it was, it was, it was one of the most important things I've ever done. And, um, and I think that just, just not, you know, just letting them know that this is, this is okay. You can, you can make a living. You can send your kids to college. You can put food on the table. You can do a lot of things by being a designer, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, and you well, know, it, it, it's, it's just, it's awesome. But it's know? also that you've merged that painting and the drawing and the illustration. I feel like that's, and you got your voice. I, I think that that's something that you do really well. And, um, is you, you get your, uh, you get your itch itched, I guess. You know what I mean? Right. Well, the way that I, the way that I say that is that whenever people ask me about the, the art versus design thing, I explain that I have this vessel and every day it's, it's creative vessel that I have to fill up. And I can do that in so many ways. I can do that by painting pictures, drawing pictures. I can do it by this right here. I can do it by just running my mouth. You know, I can, I can, I can fill up that, that, that need to fill that vessel. And that's why like most of the time, like if I'm at work during the day and you know, really hitting it and making some cool stuff, I don't necessarily need to come home and then paint because I don't have something that's pouring out of me. You know, I don't have a a thing to say. I've just got this vessel I need to fill every single day. And so I prefer to be able to fill it during a work day like everybody else. And I can do that now. That's why I don't go fishing instead of, you know, sitting here right now when I'm not at Westaboo, you know, I keep filling that vessel up every day. And, and it's really cool because I have no idea what's going to be next, you know? And so I got a good plan, but in a week, somebody could call me and say, you know, we want this. I mean, two weeks ago, somebody called me and said, do you want to do a flaming lips poster? And I was like, hell yes, I do. You know, and I have no idea that's coming, you know? And so these things just, just kind of, if you keep putting it out there and trying to make each day better than the one before, before it, good things will keep happening. But you worked for a lot of years doing some things after work and building community and just, just doing your thing. But you also were good at putting it out there and getting it seen by people right i mean it's not like you just were like oh i, I just said so. we're Stuart, and then i just decided to do this and now i'm getting all these great opportunities i feel no. like it's because you hustle i do i hustle and i talk to people um i make connections you know uh networking is a huge thing but you know it's it's you got to be you just got to be yourself you know whenever you're doing that stuff you know you can't you can't try to say okay i want to do this and so i'm going to act this certain way so that that person will like me and give me this job. You know, you right. just got to be yourself and people will respond to you. I mean, it, it, there's no matter what your attitude or, or train of thought, there is a group of people out there that like you, I guarantee it. And so you just got to kind of find them, you know, you just got to figure out and they'll find you cause they're looking for you too, you know? And so, um, it's just interesting, you know, I mean, one guy that I work with is he, he went to school to be an art director and he doesn't really get to do that. And so we started working together and he was like, you know, I just want to tell you what I want and I kind of sketch it and have you make it. And I was like, that's fantastic. I love that. I love good direction, you know, and, and blew his mind, you know, he's like, wow, I get to actually art direct. And I was like, I actually get to design something that I know what it's supposed to look like. That's fantastic. (laughs) You know, I was like, to me, it's just two, it's just two pieces that fit right together, 
you know, and so it's great to work with him. And it's great to hear how excited he is to work with me because he's like, I get to do what it is that I like to do. You know, yeah. I was like, so do I. It works out, you know, and we just happen to get paid to do it. You know, so, so, so some of that comes when you have, so Westaboo kind of provides some um, financial stability and, right. um, and some kind of just, I guess there's a peace of mind, right? With there that. Is. But then there's the faith. You have faith in your work and maybe a higher power that's bringing things to you or knowing that, that all of your hustle pays off um, at some point, it, right? Right. It, it does. But, but I, was talking to, I was talking to somebody else the other day, and he's thinking about going, becoming a freelancer full-time, right? And he's stressing, and he's like, oh, what if this happens? And what if I don't get work? And what if, whatever. And I said, the worst case scenario is you go get a job. That's the worst case scenario. You go get a job. So that's my worst case scenario. I just go get a job. You know, if this doesn't work out or I just get tired of it, if I don't want to sit here with posters and pineapple plants and stuff all day, I just go get a job. Right. You know, oh right. gosh, you know, I just put the word out that somebody that needs a creative director, art director, designer, whatever, and get a job. You know, it's not like I have to bankrupt my house or, or you know, I, so, I mean, yes, there is a risk, but it's, you know, I could have, I, I, I am renting a space that I don't use for design. I use it for screen printing, you know, and so I do have technically kind of a storefront situation going on, but I like to be here, you know, mm. and so I, I do have obligations, but I, I mean, I'm not, I didn't open a shoe store and have a hundred thousand dollars worth of inventory. Right. You know, I'm just a guy and, and things don't work out. I go get a job, you know, right. gee whiz. And it'll probably be a design job. Right. So, well, I think, I think that there's something like, I always think that if I lose my job as a professor, I can go be a designer. And then I always think, Oh, well, if I'm, um, you know, it's like, it, it's trusting your skills and who you are. I always feel like, Oh, well, if it comes all down to it, I can just go wait tables or bartend like I did when I was in grad school. You know I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty good with people unless I'm blind, you know, that's probably not going to be a good solution either, but I can figure something out. And I, I feel yeah. like, I feel like there's a, a fear for a lot of people. Um, well, and I do think you have to have some, you personally had um, Westaboo, but you also had a lot of stuff you were doing Mm -hmm. um, that people knew you for. So it was, it right. wasn't like you were just like, Hey, I'm emerging. Here I am. I'm no, 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 no. It, yeah. It's not like, yeah, it's not like that. You, you have know? to build up to that. You do. And, and yeah, like there are things, you know, I'm the president of AdFed, you know, and so I'm on boards and they actually put me in charge of stuff on these boards, you know? And so, and you know what, when I go to those board meetings, I show up wearing this, you know, I don't, I, I I'm this all the time, you know? And so, um, you know, yeah, I'm not just, I, I do a lot of things, you know, and I, and I, I plant a lot of seeds, you know, I grew up around farms, I know how to grow stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you got to grow your career the exact same way. You know, you gotta, you gotta keep it diverse. You know, you can't just depend on one thing for all the time, you know, especially now, you know, I mean, there's super talented people that just hop job to job to job. You know, the, the thought of if you want to be at a job for a long time, you either have to be the boss or crazy, you know, because that's just, it's just not happening like it used to, you know, super talented people are just, they're just looking for the very next thing, you know, and that's kind of tough, you know, for the, it makes the, it makes the whole 
you know, kind of atmosphere kind of difficult for everybody. Whenever, but you're, you know. you're also honing skills. So you're honing um, managerial skills. If you're the mm -hmm. president, you're right. also honing um, skills with other people, like finding people and then finding places for them to be also. And right. that's something else that may not have been, it may not be designed, but it still might fill that vessel because it, still yeah. takes creative energy and also it's really like a win when you can help somebody get their dream to happen i think yeah well i mean leadership is not a job title you know i mean there you know i read a lot and and one thing that reoccurs is they there's always they i don't i don't know what they call it but they say that in every company and every huge corporation there's like two or three people that everybody will say that's the guy that can get stuff done and it's not the top two, three guys. It's not some executive vice president. It's like the guy down in maintenance is the guy that can get something done. And this guy, this, this mid-level management guy can get stuff done. And being those people, that's just, that's something that you just, that's not something that somebody else tells you it's time for you to do. You know, you don't get a business card that says, okay, you're a leader now. You know, you just right. kind of are, you know, and, and, you know, I gravitate towards those people as well, you know, and, and, you know, I get a lot of that from my family. You know, my dad is like that. My both my grandpas are like that. Like the men in my family are, are Midwest hardworking, you know, dudes. And so, um, that I, I get a lot of it from that. You right. know. So, so, Doc Reed, do you know Doc? I don't think that okay, I do. Well, you, and I'm sorry. You have to, no, I, no, you have to meet him at Creative South. Okay? okay. I'll make sure I introduce you to it. He's great. So. Um, so he said he's late to the game. He really likes the clue stuff and we haven't talked about it. So we will talk about it. But he said, what advice do you have to us artists or to, to as artist designers? He's similar to you. Does a lot of illustration and paintings, um, printmaking kind of stuff. What, what would you give to keep us from just jumping job, you know, job to job? What would you, what would you say? Wow. Um, what kept you at Weir Stewart, you know? Well, I mean, I, I, I've just always been, you know, I, again, I come from the Midwest, you know, my grandpa's both worked at, they all, everybody worked for one company, you know, and they're retired, you know, they're all in unions. And so, you know, my family back home doesn't understand why I have so many jobs, you know, and it's like six, you know, since I've been 18 years old, I've had like six jobs and, you know, I've been at most of them for like six years, six years, three years, you know? And so, um, yeah. I don't know. You know, it's kind of tough. Uh, honestly, um, it, it's just a different atmosphere now. You know, people are used to junior designers aren't expected to necessarily um, be promoted within the same company. You know, you, you're a junior designer here and then you go become a regular designer somewhere else. I think that that's kind of the way it works now. Um, I think that the biggest thing, if you're going to be like that, you got to be willing to go anywhere to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to be willing to move away. You got to be willing to, um, make a lot of sacrifices. You know, I moved across the country and then I've just worked in Augusta since then, you know, but I know plenty of people that have popped into Augusta and popped right back out, you know, and so, and they're doing great, but that's just a reality that you got to deal with, that you're not going to be anchored anywhere. Um, so, or at least you shouldn't. Don't, don't try to hop around in one town. That's not going to work. Right. Well, so, um, Doc says, well, can we break that cycle within the industry? And I'm not sure exactly what cycle you mean. Of the hopping around. I know what he means. Uh, and I don't, oh. you know, it's, it's, I'm guessing Doc's not a millennial. Um, Doc's not a what? A millennial. No, he, well, I don't, he has three kids. 
Uh, he's not a millennial. Uh, but but that's what I'm saying. It's 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 a mindset. Yeah, it's the he's mindset. He's not as old as me, people. though. <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's just the reality of it now. You know, there's there's not there. People are not raised to think they're going to work at one job forever. You know, it's it's something that that's, it's not just our industry. It's it's a it's a cultural thing. But I think like my sister probably hasn't worked at a job. Now she's older than me. Um, you know, she hasn't ever stayed at a job more than five years, I think. Mm -hmm. But it's it's because of the industry she's in as well. She does a lot of tech stuff with business, and so it changes. And she also has this vessel, and she's like, I get bored. And so right. now she's doing her own thing and she's doing consulting. I think it fills something else for her so she doesn't have to keep going around. So I feel like if you are changing jobs to keep your boredom, then that may be something else. But I also feel like if you wanted to stay and you want to make a commitment, you can see what happens at these, at these places and see if they turn people over or if it yeah, pretty quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you need to do your research, right? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and there's, and I know plenty of other people, you know, Brian Steely has worked for Jackson Spaulding for a million years, you know? And so there are people that, that do not, you know, that, that can be successful both. Um, I also think that maybe it's a, it's because we just call ourselves creatives and, you know, even within the people watching right now, you probably got a bunch of different professions. I mean, me and you don't do the same job. Right. But we consider ourselves in the same net, you know, but if you're to say you're a nurse or a fireman, nobody would be like, where are you a nurse? You'd be like, oh, I'm a nurse. You know, right. but if you're a designer, it's like, well, where are you a designer? You know, who is giving you permission to be a designer? You know, mm. And so that's part of it, too, is we have kind of a catch all industry and, and not a specific, you know, if you're the mailman and nobody's going to criticize you for being a mailman here and then being a mailman there. Right. You know. But if you're a designer now and then you're a web designer and then you're a copywriter and then you're a creative director, you're, you're climbing some kind of a ladder that you see fit, but it, it happens at different places. And it's like, Oh, how come that guy can't keep a job? You right. know, it's, it's, it's just kind of, I think, I think we do it to ourselves and it's just the way that we talk about it. And it that's probably is because we have so many different like trades within an industry that we just call creative. Right. All right, so we're almost out of time, and I want to make sure we cover a couple other things. <laughs> I always like talking to you. Okay, so um, I think one of the – we kind of talked about this a little bit, about there's a little fear that comes from getting new clients. So how what what has been a challenge in of finding other clients, and did you start out with a theory or a plan? Did you take on different kind of jobs um, to get – do you know what I mean? Yeah, I started – yeah, yeah. I, I, had a, I had a theory. I had a – I came up with this really cool retainer model that I thought was fantastic and it had a beginning and an end and it, and it addressed all these things that I see wrong with retainers. And man, I attracted people like crazy. Like everybody found out, you know, it was, and it was all this work I didn't want to do. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it was like every, every uh, business lawyer, you know, wanted me to do their logo and their, and their collateral suite and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't want to toil down here making people's business cards anymore. I don't want to make newsletters. I don't want to do that stuff. And you know what I really don't want to do? I don't want to go and have to find, you know, make somebody, I don't want to make an invoice for a newsletter because that's like inception of crappy design, mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, I, so when I started doing that, I, I got a lot of work and then I took some time to, to not, to kind of purge out those folks, you know, politely. Um, and so 
I figured I went back to doing things the way that I was doing them before, you know, because I was finding cool stuff before I was finding poster jobs, except the difference is, is that now I'm available from eight to five. You know, I don't have to talk to people at nine at night. I, right. I can talk to them during the day. And it's amazing how much uh, another professional person can respond to you whenever you're working during daylight hours, as opposed to working after work. You know, and so I have so many more opportunities now because I can go meet somebody, but you know, or have them meet me, you know, during the day when everybody is working, you know, right. and so there's a lot more opportunities, you know, we're like reverse vampires, like the daylight's good for us, you know, get out in the daylight to find work. Yeah, that's the one great thing about being a professor, like part of my job is having clients and I can do that during the day, which mm -hmm. is great. Yeah. Anyway, not to say I mean, I agree. Oh, no, no, no. It's just a difference. It's a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one other thing that I think is great is that you're authentic. But one one of the thing is just with at Westabu, they have an art gallery. And so yes. it's about you bringing some of your design knowledge and understanding audience, bringing that to the gallery. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about that? Well, it's cool. Uh, so, I, uh, you know. On my way into work every day, I walk through an art gallery that changes. They have different shows every two months. And so every two months, my, my, basically my office changes. Um, and I get to walk through there. And it's really awesome. We bring in national and regional artists. Um, I get to work with these people. And because, you know, I've done, I've been on the art side of it. And now I'm on the design side of it. It's really, really cool because a lot of them are used to working with other artists. But I come at it from a design standpoint and so my point is that the gallery is not about me I work there but I am just I'm I'm working with the artists in the gallery to to bring the two together and so I want to know about the person you know I don't know what they're interested in you know just like any other client you know if you went to work for a, a, a nut and bolt warehouse you're gonna learn a lot about nuts and bolts I want to learn about their art you know I want to learn about what motivates them and then I can you know using the language of colors and shapes, I can translate that to the people and bring them in, you know? And so it's really, really cool to, to have an artist, you know, whenever I make a logo for their show or make, you know, whatever it is that I'm making and show them and, and you can see if you hit it, you know, it's, it's really cool because whenever, you know, if you're doing an identity for, you know, a regular client, you know, a janitorial service or whatever awesome stuff we do most of the time, you know, and they, and they look at it and they're like, you know, you don't know what they're thinking. They might love it. They might not. But with an artist who, who is doing something so personal, whenever you show them the logo for their show, you can tell immediately if it's right or not, you know, and it's so fun to get it right because they're just, you know, they're so excited about it, you know, and now that they're so excited about their show, it's going to be better, you know, and there's going to be a lot of people come to it and they're going to sell some art and, and all that. And then I get to live with it for two straight months. And it's just, Awesome. But the the other aspect is the people on the street coming in. You have to yeah. know them also because you've right. been asked, hey, did you paint these? Every right? day. Every day we get asked that. Yeah. It's the number one question we get. So we're downtown. We're not, you know, it's not a appointment only super sophisticated. You know, it's not like the gallery on, on, a, on Beverly Hills Cop, you know. Uh, and so uh, people walk in off the street and they're not art critics. You know, they just are looking for something to do. And so they come in and the first thing they ask, is, is this your work, you know, and we have answers for it. You know, you get good at talking to people and, and it's fun. And, and as the shows stay up, we learn more about the art. And as we talk to the artists and, and I like to listen to the artists talk about the work, you know, and, and then 
I'd use that to talk about it as well. And then sometimes I, you know, it's really awesome whenever I just happen to know the artists, you know, and then I can really speak to what they've done, you know, and it's, and it's a lot of fun to do, you know, and, and that's, you know, what I get paid to do half the time. Which, which is really a neat thing, but I don't think that you would be as good at it if you weren't a designer because you know what questions to ask, but you also right. know how to talk. You, it's communicating for us is visually, um, but we also have to use words a lot of times. And so now it's just words you're doing, yeah. but you've already done it visually. Yeah. And I use my, and I, I, I think I'm good at it because I use my, my, uh, my people off the street words and not my big five syllable <laughs> art words. Right. You know? And so I can, so, I can, yeah. So one other thing I want to cover before we go, cause I know we're really close, um, is what about, cause you're kind of alone. Um, and you talked mm -hmm. a little bit, you kind of mentioned that now you have this kind of crew of people that you can talk to, but how do you, how would you tell somebody to go about building that? So, um, whenever I first started doing this, I, I worked from home for a couple of weeks and I went crazy. Like I, there's no possible, at that point, there's no possible way that I could do this. I couldn't, I, I did not think I could work alone, you know, because I'll have a joke or just want to throw something and I need somebody to throw it at, you know? And so I, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it, you know, because at where Stewart, it was like the, it was like the monkey house of the zoo, you know, there's just constantly stuff. And I, a lot of the times, like I would be able to get work done in spite of it, not because of it. But then wherever you get all this peace and quiet, it's like, I need somebody bothering me. You know, I need to be able to work because to prove them I can do it, you know. Um, well, at Westaboo, there's three of us there. And the other two are so good at their jobs and focused that we don't spend a ton of time just chit-chatting, you know. And so for the longest time, I was like, these people don't talk to me. You know, I was like, I was like, what the hell? You know, and I was like, they don't like they, they don't come just tell you a story like I will. Right. You know, and so that kind of got me used to working by myself. You know, it's kind of a transition. And so um, working by myself is a little bit is, is different. And, and I have I, I'm really good at recognizing bad habits. So if I find myself pushing pixels around or just toiling, mm -hmm. I, I will stop, you know, and uh, and then I'll send it to somebody else. You know, and I'll just be like, tell me, you know, and so, um, and I encourage everybody to do that. If you find yourself just mashing this shape around, if you're doing this, <laughs> but that's know, decision making. It's, it's no, it's not. No, no, it's not. No, that no, is no, not no. decision making. I, no, exactly. That's the opposite of decision making. Oh, yeah. Making, it's right? the opposite. So, right. But that, that's what you're good at is you're good at making oh, yeah, decisions yeah. and you're right. saying, hey, I'm just wasting yeah. time. Right. right. So, yeah. If, if you can't figure it out on your screen, go outside and look at a tree or something else. Right. Because that screen is not going to do anything for you. I, right. I, can, I can assure you. Um, but having that discipline to do that, you know, I could sit here all day just messing with one little thing and right. just never get anything done. Um, so the other thing it does is that it, it I've learned the value of my time, you mm -hmm. know, and I don't mean to sound like, like an arrogant way, but like literally my time has a value because that's what we're selling is our time. You know, mm -hmm. and so um, I don't sit here and watch YouTube videos. I don't turn on, I don't, I don't have a TV. You know, I don't sit here and do, you know, I, I, I work while I'm here, you know. And so it's, it goes a long way whenever you actually are putting in eight hours worth of work. So like Dan just has been doing it for three weeks. So what would you tell Dan to do to build up um, other people that he can share his stuff with when he needs to look 
you know what I mean? Like, how would he go from nothing to building with somebody? Because sometimes if you were working in a job, you can't just go back and be like, hey, right. can you look at my stuff? No, that's true. But I'll just call Dan out because Dan has my phone number and he can send it to me. So um, okay. I talk to Dan every time I go to Columbia, I run into that guy. And so, uh, yeah. And so there's there's one. So a lot of times, you know, it's you just got to start doing it. You know, right. I have you wouldn't believe how many people I have pestered, you know, um, uh, I do things like, like I have a, I have a little folder full of uh, images of me as a kid. Like I have one of me riding around in kit for Knight Rider. I have one of me riding on an elephant and all this stuff. And I will include that stuff on an email, just a cold email. You know, I'll see something I like and I will email that company. Or if, if your website has a contact us thing, if like, you know, everybody's website says, Hey, send us a line, I will do it. You know, and I'll include that picture. And then you'll get like a personal email that's like over top of like the auto response mm -hmm. from some guy named Steve. And he'll be like, what is your deal? <laughs> and then I've got them. You know, that's the thing. And then I've got them. Because all, they, all, I, all I need is just to do this, just to talk to them. And I've got them. You know, and so you just got to have an angle, you know, just, just not anything. Don't be bullshit. Just have, a, have something that makes you memorable. You know, right. I got a job one time because right before I sent in my resume, I stapled a picture of a bird to it. <laughs> and somebody called me up and they're like, your resume really sucks, but why did you staple this bird to it? <laughs> and then I had them. I got them on the phone. That's all you want. You know, the, right. the rest is the interview. Right. You know? so, so Kent, want, Kent, Kent has a question. Um, how would you encourage students to make decisions and finish the job? Because I do see this as a problem. Um, it's, maybe a confidence thing. So I feel like you got this out of your system when you were working at that place where you had to do 150 business cards because you didn't have time. So you had to make decisions and you actually had to be okay with it not being the best, like perfection. Right. Um, you had to be okay with that, but you were also learning design at the same time. So what would you tell somebody um, to just make a decision and finish the job? Just keep doing it. Just do it. Just, I mean, that's the thing is it's like, like, um, Okay, so you, you, we all have this sketchbook, right? You got this really nice sketchbook that you never draw in, right? <laughs> yeah. You do. Right. I know you do. I know every single one of those people have this really nice sketchbook that they never actually draw in. Right. Pick that thing up and just start drawing in it. You know, it is not the, that is, you know, and that's it. And that applies to everything. You know, if, if, if you're a basketball player, if you're Michael Jordan, you don't only take the shots that you know are going to go in. You take shot after shot after shot right. after shot after shot. And eventually your mechanics get better. Eventually mm -hmm. your hand does what it's supposed to. Eventually it, your taste gets better and the thought that you have in your head transfers to your hand and you can actually make it, you know. Um, but you have to do that a million times, you know, and, and just keep doing it. Well, I have something else on that same sort of – so last summer there was uh, – Malcolm Gladwell did this podcast. I can't even remember what yeah. it's called but something, the revisionist history, I think is what it was called. And he talked about this guy in the major leagues of basketball and he um, would granny shot it every time because mm -hmm. it's actually better. You make more shots. Like your the percentage rate was like 80% made compared right. to somebody doing it like this. And it was like 20% you were making them. I mean, it was ungodly the uh, amount that if people would just do it and some big player like, Magic Johnson or something started doing it and then he just couldn't take it because he cared too much about what other people thought 
And I right. think that that's the other part of this. It's like, you've got to keep doing muscle memory, but then you also have to be okay with failure. And you also have to be okay with doing what, um, doing what's right instead mm-hmm. of necessarily what other people, um, think, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. You're, uh, yeah. And it goes back to just being, being you, you know, I mean, your, your capabilities are what they are, you know? And, and so you can't, you can't fake it forever. You know, you have to just keep doing stuff and getting better at it. And, and I think that that's part of, you know, us building up these expectations for younger designers, you know, in their first five years is that they think they're going to be awesome at it. And they think that conditions are always going to be good, you know, and, but you know, you get your heart broken doing this all the time. You know, I had to fire, I had a job to do something for MTV last year and I had to fire them, mm. you know, and that sucked, you know, and, and it was like the, it was like the coolest thing, you know, and I was like, I have to fire you because you're a bad client, you know, and, and like you continuously learn, you know, and, and it's not just about not doing $500 logos. Sometimes you get the most awesome dream jobs and you just have to let them go you know, and, and even the stuff that you're building towards whenever you get there, that's just, it's, that's not, there's, you just, when you get to a mountaintop, it just makes it so you can see other mountains, you know, you just get a better view, you know, and so you got to climb, you know, I think that everybody's at the bottom of a mountain and they just want to be at the top and they don't realize how important the, the climb in that mountain is, you know, you learn so much stuff, you get so many, you get, you get stronger climbing the mountain, you know, you don't want to be just a weak ass up at the top of the mountain because a helicopter just dropped you up there, you know, because right. whenever I get up to that mountain, I'm going to throw you off of it and it's going to be easy. When I um, hiked the Grand Canyon when I was in my 20s, um, there was this girl that hiked with us and she, um, we ended up divvying up our pack and she didn't have the right boots and she just whatever. Anyway, so last or two years ago, I um, hiked it with my sister and my best friend. And we divvied up my pack because I was not in good shape, but I didn't complain. Not one time, but it always was like that girl in her. And I never, I was just like, I just got to keep walking. I just got to keep this, keep walking. And, um, I remember that girl back when I was in my twenties, she was like, just get me, um, a donkey. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, like enjoy like what you're seeing. And it, it was, it is brutal you know because we did like 24 miles in two days and you're you're really dropping down a lot it was I mean granted I was not in as good a shape as I needed to be but there was a lot of things I learned and it was I I was just I do I was listening to Gary Vaynerchuk book um the Ask Gary V book I don't know if you've read that one have you Okay, it's great. Anyway, he talks about complaining and it just really hit me this week when I was listening to that. He's like, complaining has no value. Like it's, it's about, instead of just, I need to be on the top. I need to be on the top. It's like, be right where you are. And I, what I think what you were telling Kent is this is where you are. This is as as good as this piece is going to be, be okay with this and move on. And let's do the do the next piece. Right. And, and the thing is, is that what you consider the top, that's just, as, that's just the top that you can see. Right. You know, that's just, that's just as high as you can see. So your aspirations are going to grow, you know, and your ambition is going to grow as well, you know? And so whenever you get up through the clouds and you're like, I'm at the top of the mountain, all you can see is the horizon. You can just see more mountains, you know? And so, you know, I, I worked my way up to be a creative director and then I hated it, 
you know, and I, and, and I realized that I want to be a, a regular old designer. And then I started, you know, senior designer is what I want to be. You know, Wes Dubai could have picked any title. I could have called myself the, the, the what do they call it? The uh, chief design officer. Creative, yeah, yeah. I could have done anything, you know. Right. I got to type my own business card out, you know. And so, um, you know, I like being a senior designer. I think that that fits me. You know, I, I look at that as a designer that can work well with other designers. So one last thing that I love of your wisdom is tell us about your philosophy about the last eight hours, because I think it has to do with like seeing people only at the mountaintop, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, you see those peaks, you know, and, and, and your career and life, it goes like this, there's ups and downs, you know? And so people, you know, social media and everything, we just post the peaks, you know, we just, we just show the cool stuff. And I think that, that if you actually could just ask somebody, it's like, what did you do the last eight hours? You know, and have them honestly tell you their last eight work hours, you know, cause yours might be like, okay, I was teaching for four. I was planning for four, you know, not, you know, and it might not be so glamorous. Right. An email nothing, newsletter, right? An email newsletter. You know, I got to spend all day making a, a, yeah, an email blast on, on MailChimp, you know, once a month. You know, I have to do that because I, I work alone. I don't have a person to just pass it to. You know, used to, I would make it, you know, be like, they look like this. I never have to do it again, you know, but now I got to do everything. And I think being honest with that, that's what, that's what younger designers need. You know, all us old people, we know that everybody has to do that crap, that you can't just live doing one logo a month for, you know, doing 12 logos this year. I don't care if it's for Nike or for who, you know, it's, you're not, you couldn't even stay interested that to, if that's all you did, you know? And so to be able to ask somebody and be like, what'd you do the last eight hours and, mm -hmm. and have them answer, answer honestly, I think that you're going to get, you know, a lot of people be like, Oh wait, that's what I did. You know? Oh, but you're Sagmeister. You mean that you had to actually typeset something? Right. You mean you had to choose body copy? Right. Sagmeister, you know, you don't just wave your hands and then float off and that happens. You know, all of us have to do that shit. And so, um, yeah, I'd love to have 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 uh, some way that people could just say what they did the last eight hours and just be real about it, you know. Except for me, because I'm making all my eight hours awesome. <laughs> I know you are. My last oh. eight hours, I made Crook Friday stuff so far today. <laughs> well, so I want to give people a way to get in touch with you, and so they can follow you on Instagram because I know we're about out. Oops. Yeah, follow me on Instagram. Um, it's and I'm going to put it over here, but just for people who are listening, it's Jason the 29th. So Jason the 29th. Were you yeah. born on the 29th? No. Okay. I had this conversation yesterday. So when I was in high school, it was like in 1994, we got on the internet for the first time and they were teaching us how to set up an email account on Hotmail. And so everybody is like typing in their name, you know, and I was like, wait a minute, this is like a throwaway email. Like, I'm not going to have this forever. I was like, I don't want to waste it. I don't want to just go for the gold and just go with Jason Craig at hotmail.com. You know, what if, What about when I'm old? I might want that. And so uh, 29 was my football number and then like Friday the 13th. And so it just became Jason the 29th was the first email that I ever set up in 1994. And little did I know that I would have it forever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the thought process was that I'm still saving. I'm still saving uh, Jason Craig at you know whatever altavista.com something really important just so, holding on to it 
So there, you're you also re- used to not be on really any social media. So Instagram was like no. your your first one. You're still not really on Twitter, um, no. but you do have a Facebook. So yeah. um, and I shared that as well. And then, do you want me to share your email or no? Yeah, share my email. I don't give out my phone number anymore because that. Oh. that uh, <laughs> I'm not giving any phone numbers. I'll give I'll give my phone number. You can get my email. Yeah. Okay. So it's Jason the 29th at gmail.com. So, um, so people can just reach out to you and ask you questions. Um, just tell me who you are, like your name and send like a fun picture from when you were a kid. That'll help. Yeah. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. From no, no bath, no, no bath pictures. No fully clothed pictures. Okay. So um, I'm so thankful that we had some time today and I'm always thankful for you coming and joining me and doing this. And I can't wait to see you in person and yeah. eat a meal with you. Cause we, you said you would eat a meal with me again. I so um, anyway, so if you guys want, if um, you enjoyed today, next week we have Alec Lewis and he's actually in mobile. He's a um, animate, an animator, animator. I don't know why I said that funny, but he's an animator and he was a theater. That's what he did. Undergrad was theater. And so we're going to talk about how some different backgrounds kind of make you a better, whatever you are. So, um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about animation as well. So if you want to get in touch with me, you can always email me at Diane at recharging or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at design recharge. And I'll put that over in the thing and that'll also be in the show notes so um doc i will make sure that i introduce you to jason at creative south and i don't I doubt that um you've ever had he said somewhere earlier like i'm just waiting for the goods uh good sketch to put be there to that i put in that sketchbook or good drawings to be there um I, I can't imagine that you would have a bad drawing in your sketchbook because I've seen. So, and again, just like shout out to Terrence. I did wear a shirt, but I'm too short to show <laughs> everything. So anyway, um, I will see you guys next week. And Jason, I'll see you at Creative South. And I, yeah, we should all bring our books of bad drawings or we should all have that nice leather sketchbook. Bring, that, that, bring that nice one, yeah. Bring yeah, nice one. and then have some drawings before we go to Creative South. There you go. Thank you so much, and um, we'll see y'all next week. Thanks, Diane. Thank you.